There's a prayer in the book of Ephesians that Paul writes that uh, I really like. Um, It's in Ephesians chapter 3, towards the end of the chapter. Um, And the funny thing about this prayer is that Paul was in prison when he wrote this. So I want you to to have that in your mind um, as we read through it, that Paul wrote this when in prison, which makes it absolutely amazing. Um, Before I get into that, it's so nice to be back. Um, Those of you who weren't aware, Em and I were away last week. We went across to Adelaide to see Em's family um, and see some friends. I've heard amazing things from Kids Day last week. So Kelly, Mel, team, great job on what you guys did last week, but what you do each and every week with our kids. Um, You know, churches don't run, churches don't grow without a solid kids team. So we are incredibly blessed to have you guys. So thank you. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to lunch afterwards because food is, is always good. Um, brings everybody together, I reckon. Anyway, I'm going to pray and we're going to get into this. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the opportunities that we have to go through the waters of baptism, to, to meet together as your people, to pray to you, to be empowered and equipped by your Holy Spirit, Lord God. And I pray this morning, uh, as I share, that you would speak through me and that you'd speak truth to all of us through this passage of Scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, So I'm going to be chopping and changing between the NIV and the Passion Translation uh, this morning. There's just some ways that I really like. I I normally preach from the NIV, but um, the Passion Translation with this particular passage of Scripture, there's some incredible ways that it actually communicates it. So if you've got your Bible, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 21. So Paul writes, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. It's a pretty special passage of Scripture, I reckon. Um, I'm just going to read it um, quickly in the Passion as well, just so that when I talk about different things, you've, you've heard it already. So it says, So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth, And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. 
How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. There's some amazing imagery and language uh, in this passage. And again, just to think that Paul wrote this while in chains in prison. So I want to unpack this prayer a little bit today. Um, There's a lot in it, obviously, but Paul's main hope um, for the Ephesian church is seen in verse 16, and he uses the rest of the passage to flesh this out. And verse 16 is that, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. So he asked God to strengthen the Ephesians by the Holy Spirit, which is indwelling in the people and in us. So, yes, he wrote this to the church in Ephesus, but I actually think that this prayer is something that we can all take hold of in our lives and something that we, we can see all of these things and we may think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm weak, I don't have that strength. You know, I've done this and I've done this. I can't be loved by God. I can't have that faith to trust in that. We all can, like it's written here. Paul is praying that over the church in Ephesus and I know that myself and the leaders here, we pray things like this over you guys. We want you to understand this. You know, the, his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is indwelled in us so that we can fulfill God's will for what he has for each and every one of us. You know, that we would be strengthened and equipped and empowered to walk our calling, things like loving God with all our heart, to love people as ourselves, to go into the world and make disciples, to preach the truth of God. You know, the Holy Spirit enables us to do all of these things. And it may look different for everybody, you know, for, for some of us it's, it's, it's up here. For some of us it's getting alongside people that you work with and just being that, that person that they can talk to because they don't know anybody else who knows God. But you know God and so you can speak the truth of God into people's lives. You know, you might be a musician. I'm absolutely terrible. If you were at the trivia night, you saw my attempts at playing guitar and singing and both were horrendous and uh, probably never going to be replicated because it's just not a good thing to listen to. But we are all gifted in different ways. We are all called in different ways. And so when it talks about the power of God being seen through us, that's seen in different ways for each and every one of us. So I want to encourage you, if you're sitting there going, I wish I could do this or I wish I could do this, you know, some gifts, God says, seek the gifts and pray for the gifts. But when it comes to things like calling and, 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 and what we're asked to do, we all have a unique calling. We all have a unique personality, a unique perspective. So embrace that. Don't, don't be trapped in a little box of, comparison I want to encourage you that what you carry is important and is valuable to this church and to God you know God gives us his strength and we have to decide what happens next 
He wants a relationship and a partnership with us and we have to choose that and allow it. So as, as we unpack this prayer together, be encouraged by the words and the promises and also open yourself up to receive these as truth. Receive them as your truth and accept the strength of the Holy Ghost in and for your life. Because the fact is God is for us, not against us. I've got five main observations from this passage that I want to talk on. But before I get to that, I just love the way that this prayer begins. It says that I kneel. So Paul, who's in chains, kneels in reverence to God. Doesn't matter what his physical environment is around him. He is in reverence of God. And I think, I'm not saying that every time we pray, we have to get down on our knees or lie on the ground or anything like that. I mean, you can if you want to. No one's going to to stop you or, you know, during worship, if you want to come right out the front, no one's going to stop you doing any of those things. But it's about in your heart, is your heart reverent towards God? Are you coming to him just because he might be able to help? Or are you coming to him because you love him? So, my five observations... Number one, our being is from the Father. Who we are comes from God. Number two, our strength is from the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that we can do in our own strength. It's the Holy Spirit within us. Number three, our faith and our trust in God and His love unlocks that power. God can do whatever He wants to do, but because if if we choose to follow Him, if we choose that and have that faith through us, He can do incredible things. Number four, his love for us is immeasurable. There is no standard of measurement that we can use to measure his love for us. And number five, he can do more than we imagine if we let him into our hearts. So there are some amazing truths in this prayer and hopefully there's at least one of these observations that is relevant for you. I I feel like there's probably parts of all of them that that I take hold of and in prepping this that I'm think sitting there going, "Oh, this is this is good. I like this. This is a good reminder." So number 1, our being is from the Father. So in verse 15 it says, uh, "from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name." Uh, in the Greek, this word for family is similar to the word for father. So we're from the father and the passion translation Uh, says, you know, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. So our being comes from the father. And so if you know Genesis chapter 2, God says when he goes to create man, let's make man in our image. So we are made in the image of God. First and foremost, we are made in the image of God. We all know that sin has come into the world and that brings separation and, you know, a bit of disunity between us and God. But we are created in the image of God. That's for somebody here today, I I feel like. You are made in the image of God. You're not defective or broken or incapable. You are made in the image of God. And and after he'd made people, he said, this is very good. Every other stage of creation, it says God saw that it was good. After he'd made humans to be in relationship with each other and with him, he said, this is very good. So take that on board today. We were created for community. Um, A little bit later in Ephesians 4, 1, it says, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. We are beings created in his image 
and for a purpose. Amen. All of us has, our, has a unique purpose. And we are created in His image. And God doesn't make mistakes. We are made in His image. So remember this promise. We are His kids. And we are chosen. And we are called. All of us individually, but together. We are family. Together. But individually, we are, cho- we are children of God. We are made in His image. And I know I'm laboring that, but I feel like it's important for us to actually understand in our hearts that we are made in His image, first and foremost. So number two, our strength is from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is our strength. I mean, you know, Stewie's talked about it. Dan mentioned it. The Holy Ghost is our strength. The Holy Ghost is what is inside of us that speaks to us. You know, there's a scripture I've preached on it before, but Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That strength comes from the Holy Ghost when we are content and rooted in Him. And this scripture talks about being grounded and rooted in God. That's where our power comes from. Like our strength is that power from God in our lives. We just have to have a firm foundation at our feet where we are grounded and rooted in who God is and in His Spirit within us. To be strengthened with power means to be made powerfully strong so that you or we can overcome the obstacles set before us. God's not just going to create us and go, right, I'm going to put you here, all of these things are going to happen and you can just deal with it yourself and I'm going to walk away and just sit over here and eat some popcorn. That's not who God is or not what He does. He sent His Holy Spirit to be with us, to empower us and enable us that when these obstacles come, we can stand we can withstand it, and we can keep moving forward. We are capable of doing that. And so we need to understand that when we allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives, that thing that is like a massive mountain, we can get past that. We can endure that. We can overcome. We can get through that. And this is exciting. Like, It means that when things in the world come at us, yes, Physically, we may feel stress or fear or anxiety, but the Holy Ghost in us says, no, you know what? You can do this. You know, there's that gentle whisper. You know, when Elijah was in the cave and the storm was raging, he heard the gentle whisper of God. All of us can hear that gentle whisper. He is always whispering. He is always talking. It's just up to us whether we are listening, whether we are hearing, and whether we are responding to that gentle whisper. When we are weak, He is strong in us. And because we're made in His image, we're not designed to fail. We're actually not. We're designed to be in community with each other and with Him. And when we've got Him with us, we overcome, we get through. We are not designed to fail. Yes, it happens because sin entered the world. We are sinners. And that, you know... That means that there are a number of issues and causes of pain and suffering in our hearts. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not after we stopped sinning. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even though we have sinned, even though we've hurt people, 
We are a restored people filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered by the strength and anointing of the Holy Ghost within us. Amen? Because of that, we can survive. We can endure. We can overcome. We can stand against the enemy and fight back because he strengthens us. We have that strength and that power within us. So what area in your life do you need to let his strength into? What's something going on in your world where you're feeling beaten, where you're feeling defeated, where you're feeling incapable of pushing back or getting out of it? What area do you need his strength? What do you need to take back from the enemy? And I love this symbol of baptism because you're going into the water and coming out a new creation. You're letting go of the old and going, you know what, God, I want to walk with you. Whatever that looks like, I'm embracing all of you, all of who you are in my life. It's a clean slate. I'm drawing a line in the sand. No more am I looking back. I'm walking forward with you. He strengthens us. His supernatural strength flows through us. Who believes this today? Who believes this in our church, that his power flows through us? And FYI, the word for power in, this, in Greek, now I'm hope, I'm, I hope I'm going to say this right, but I think it's dunamis. In English, it means dynamic or dynamite. So we have the power to keep going even when we'd rather quit. And if you're feeling ready to quit, hear this today. You are strong. You are empowered. You have the, the ability to explode through this situation or this wall because of his power in you. Amen? So if you are feeling in that place, don't give up. That power is in you to push back, to push through. Remember what God has done for you. Remember what God has done for all of us. These are things that we can stand on. And remember, in those hard times, you, you know, God came through for me in this. Okay, I'm trusting him. Doesn't matter what this looks like. God has come through for me before and he's going to come through for me again because that is who he is. He is faithful church, so hold on to that. We talk about changing atmospheres, changing situations, seeing miracles. That power is in us. If we are grounded and rooted in Him, that power flows through each and every one of us to change atmospheres. It doesn't, like I said before, it doesn't take just somebody standing up here and saying some words or praying for somebody. All of us can change the atmospheres around us. We have to believe that. You know, His power is in all of us. And there is so much potential for all of us if we are in Him. I just want to say to all of you, you've got this. Whatever it is in your world, you've got this because you all have the Holy Spirit within you. So you've got it. Whatever it is, you've got it. Just flick the switch. I was going to turn this off and on, but I think that affects the recording, so I won't do that. I'll just hold it here. There is a big difference when we try and talk, when I try and talk like this. Yes, I'm a foghorn anyway, so most people can probably hear me anyway. But if you talk without a mic, it's not as loud. And so when we try and do it in our strength, it's not as strong. It's not as capable as when we use the power of God to actually push through these situations. So we've got... <laughs> more reverb. No, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Uh, we can push through with the power of God in our lives. We are capable. We are able to do that. He has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's partner with the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
So number three, our faith unlocks his power. How? Well, he gives us this power and strength. He gives that to us. However, we need to, one, believe that we have the power of the Holy Spirit with us. And two, to accept it as truth and reality. We need to take a step in obedience and actually believe that Jesus is who he said he was, that he died on the cross and was resurrected for us. We need to believe that he sent his Holy Spirit and his Holy Spirit is indwelt with us, but also believe in the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And obedience is the foundation where promises are fulfilled. I'll say that again. Obedience is the foundation where promises are fulfilled. When we walk in that, he has given us this gift. When we walk in this gift, we see promises fulfilled. We see prayers answered. We see miracles happen. We see breakthrough come. So we need to be grounded and rooted in this. You know, faith opens up the door to our soul. Our hearts are changed at that initial point of conversion when we accept Jesus and, and accept his love. And then in obedience, submit to him as Lord. And beyond that, the Holy Spirit, we get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. The Greek is katoikio, I think. Which kata equals, means down and oikos means home. So Paul is praying that Christ might be down home in our hearts. Think about that. You know, he is down home in our hearts. And I like, the, I like it being home rather than a house because a house is a building, a home is a dwelling place. So what Paul is praying is that Christ and his love would be a dwelling place in our hearts. That's pretty special. Do you feel that today, church? You know, we hear lots of people talk about home. You know, you watch The Wizard of Oz, you hear Dorothy taps her, taps her feet together and goes, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Home is, home is where the heart is. You know, is our heart on him? Is our heart on him? Verse 17 in the Passion, a bit that's underlined, his, says his love will become the very source and root of your life. His love is the source of our life. It is what gets us through. Do we accept that? Do we receive that? Do we walk in that? His love is the source of our lives. How special is that? And what's so significant about his love? What he achieved on the cross. That he came and sacrificed himself for us. You know, sin separated us from God and he hung on a cross, bruised, bloodied, broken, rejected, tortured, because he loves us. There is now no power in death because of what he did on the cross. And that love of his, if we accept it, can be so deep in our hearts that everything we do is operating out of that love. His love is the source of our life. What we do with that love determines the outcome of our life. I'll say it again. His love is the source of our life. What we do with that love determines the outcome. And that's important. Like, we need to recognize, not just know that God loves us, but we need to actually accept that love. Because for some of us, the hard part may not be believing that he loves us. It may be actually accepting it that we're worthy. He died for all of us. Doesn't matter who we are, he died for each and every one of us. And that's a promise for all of us. So if love is central to who we are, 
Who or what do we love? Where is our love pointing? Are we reverent and loving towards God or is it other things? You know, I think of Jesus and the rich man and he comes to Jesus and goes, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like, you know, love the Lord your God and all of these. And the guy says, I've been giving to the poor. I love you. I go to temple all the time. I pray. And he's like, Jesus is like, okay, we'll go sell everything and follow me. And the guy's like, oh, I don't know about that. That's, that's hard. And so his love, while he's doing all of these actions, his love was on money and his position. And I'm not saying those things are bad because they, they are blessings from God. But it's where this is. It's where our love is that is important. So what is your response to his love? Are you grounded in it? Do we recognize that we are loved and so live with that revelation and truth? Number four, his love for us is immeasurable. In the Passion Translation, it says the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ. That's pretty cool. God's love for us is endless. Hear that and receive it. Doesn't mean that you do as you like repeatedly, just go out and do whatever and then come back and go, oh, God loves me. Yes, he does love you, but he wants you to love him back. So it means if we make a mistake, if we stuff up, doesn't change who we are in Christ. Doesn't change his love for us. We are still loved by God eternally. Nothing can separate us from his love. It is, however, our choice if that love is accepted. It says here, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive is it? Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Jesus died for all of us. For you, for me, for us. He was beaten, bruised, broken, rejected, spat on, hung on a cross for us. And nothing changes that. Nothing changes that. He took on our sin. And yes, we are all sinners. Sorry to burst your bubble. And he took our shame and endured what we deserved because he loves us. We are imperfect beings. We make mistakes and we sin. We have in the past, we do in the present, and sorry, but we're going to in the future as well. We're human. However, just because this happens doesn't change the love we are given. We are all loved by our Heavenly Father, and we are all worthy of this love. Amen? Doesn't matter your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, your age, where you live, which footy team you support, whether you like the Spice Girls or anything like that. None of this disqualifies any of us from God's love. Amen? Amen. Nothing separates us from that. Number five, he can do more than we can imagine if we let him. In the Passion Translation, it says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. His power is in us, church. He has given us the Holy Ghost. He gives us gifts like tongues and prophecy, faith, the ability to pray for healing and see healing happen. So many other gifts in order to build up the house and change the world. Question is, are we willing to let him? Are we willing to let the power of God flow through us? Are we willing to accept his love? Are we willing to let him do immeasurably more than we could do, think, 
or dream in this world. We need to be grounded and rooted in Him and let His power and anointing flow through us. Let's pray.